Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Erica Aguilar here, editor for The Bay. Some of y'all know that I grew up in San Antonio, Texas, and we didn't have central air or heat inside my childhood home. I slept with a box fan in the window, and our cars never had AC, so we drove with the windows down. But moving to the Bay Area has made me a total wuss. San Francisco wants to declare a climate emergency the way other Bay Area cities have done. If you look in San Francisco at our coastline, we're trying to manage our retreat from the Pacific and basically planning on giving up part of the freeway out there. Supervisors announced the resolution this week. If it's approved, the city would lay out steps it could take to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Sea level rise is going to potentially impact communities from Bayview up all the way along our coastline. So today we're going to look at one consequence of climate change. Bay Area heat waves and what state regulators are doing to protect workers from brutal conditions. I'm Erica Aguilar. Welcome to the Bay. I'll just say that I'm always complaining that the Bay Area is cold. It can never be warm enough. (laughs) Um, So... Why should people in the Bay Area care about heat exhaustion and heat illnesses? Because it just feels like it doesn't even get hot enough for that. Yeah, well, look, I'm from the Bay. I live in Los Angeles now, and uh, and I was surprised. Reporter Molly Peterson has been investigating heat waves for KQED signs. Nobody really made a big deal of it, but in 2017, 14 people died in the Bay. An intense day of triple digits and not much relief at this hour. Let's get right to the numbers. San Francisco saying triple digit temperatures for the second day in a row. We're about as hot here as it is in Phoenix, Arizona. The dangerous heat is in the Bay Area. Let's take a live look outside. Concord also hit 109. Napa clocked in at 106. Even San Francisco hit 106 degrees today, and that is an all-time record in multiple counties and in multiple ways, most of them were inside their homes. These were people who lived indoors, who had families and people even checking on them, and they still died. I I remember that Labor Day weekend. I was living in the Tenderloin in a studio (sighs) apartment with no AC. It It was not fun. And then eventually we went to a movie theater to get relief. Um, yep. I don't even remember what we watched because we didn't care. <laughs> like that is a, just, that's a classic right. anti-heat move. I'll tell you that um, in San Francisco, the housing that I measured was the SROs, the single room occupancies in the Tenderloin. Those buildings are really not designed for 
cooling or circulating air in any way. Even with all the heat concerns growing in California, even for temperate places and for the Central Valley and for Los Angeles, there's no right to cooling in housing, right? Mm. You've only got a right to water and heat. Mm -hmm. You don't have a right to cooling anywhere in the United States. And there's been some effort to talk about it in Sacramento. It didn't go anywhere. Cal OSHA has been working on new state labor standards for heat in the workplace based on a law that passed in 2017. It's trying to cut down on the number of workers that get sick and die from overheated working conditions. One of the rules under consideration would require employers that have hot workplaces to keep an eye on the heat index inside. So think about canneries, warehouses, mechanic garages, even idle airplanes. And if it gets to 87 degrees, employers would have to offer workers some kind of relief. So if you work in a small restaurant that doesn't have ventilation, um, that doesn't have any place to cool down, it gets really hot. And even in a restaurant kitchen or in the surrounding areas around the back, if it's not a building that's planned Mm. for a heat event. Or say your building wants to be LEED certified, so it doesn't run air conditioning when most people, the white-collar workers, have left. Mm -hmm. Um, But you've got these tall plate glass windows and their workers cleaning up the building behind those windows. It can get hot in that office building late in the afternoon. And that's exactly when people are working there and they can get sick. What you're supposed to do is offer workers accommodations. Either try to cool the place down. If you can't do that, then offer the worker a break far away from the heat, you know, a way to cool down. Like in some places they have like a little, like a refrigerated room Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, sometimes honestly, it's the boss's office. The managers have air conditioning, (laughs) right? And then the third thing is there's stuff called um, PPE, personal protective equipment, like not just bandanas around the neck like the workers I talked to um, would do very informal stuff, use a piece of cardboard to fan each other. But there's actual like cooling belts and things that go around your neck that are frozen and refrigerated that are like official cooling equipment that you can provide workers. Molly Peterson says heat waves are becoming more of a real threat, even in the cool Bay Area, because of climate change. She's been reporting on this for KQED Science by putting heat sensors inside homes and speaking with people vulnerable to heat deaths like the elderly and laborers. Here's a story that Molly reported last year about the heat waves that struck the Bay Area. An accident of fate brought Claudia Hernandez to her godmother. She was just three years old, arriving at a new foster home, looking for someone to steady her. Her foster parents' best friend, a woman named Colleen Lohman, offered her open arms. She says that from that day on, she got this precious love for me. So I had a relationship with her forever. I mean, I don't know who cannot love Coco. More than three decades have gone by. Hernandez grew up, got married, had kids. She lives in Orange County, her godmother in San Francisco. So daily conversations became a ritual. How's your day going? How's work going? My daughter's softball. Ezekiel's going to start high school. It was like maybe an hour talking time. Last year, as Labor Day weekend began, the weather was a hot topic. The dangerous heat is on in the Bay Area. Good morning. Good heat, and this is just the beginning. Imagine temperatures jumping 10 to 15 degrees. Saturday temps could get so high, they're set for all-time records, beating out the top temp from 1952. Talking with her 82-year-old godmother Friday, Hernandez felt something was off. You can hear that she was, I don't know, like, drained. Older people, older bodies, have to work harder to stay cool, says Dr. David Eisenman, a professor of public health and medicine at UCLA. When your body normally gets hot, 
it cools down by transferring the heat from inside its core out to the skin. Eisenman says that's what sweat does well, but not for older people. They have less uh, effective sweating glands, less effective ability to sweat. Without sweat, their bodies aren't cooling off, and they may not notice. Over several hot days, that means heat in the body can build up without relief. And that's not something Colleen Lohman expected in her foggy neighborhood on San Francisco's west side. She grew up around the corner from St. Cecilia's Catholic Church, where she went to grammar school. People there were close-knit, says her lifelong neighbor, Bob Schumann. I knew Colleen since I'd been a baby. I used to go to the house for birthday parties, and they were always playing the piano or something like that. Lohman loved piano. She taught for years. She played this Beethoven sonata for her master's degree. Her parents died, the Parkside neighborhood was changing, but her goddaughter says a strong-willed Lohman wanted to stay put. I was like, I think it's time for, for us to look for something for you. I mean, we need somebody to make you dinner. We need somebody to make sure I'm okay. I don't need nobody in my house. I'm okay by myself. Like most in the city, Lohman's house didn't have air conditioning. An old school fan. That's all she had. And her windows were like maybe one-eighth open. 400 miles away, San Francisco's temperature hit 100 degrees. It was Labor Day weekend 2017, two straight days of this. Hernandez could only ask her godmother to open the windows more. But Lohman had lung troubles. She heard on the news that it was a bad air day. She wanted the windows closed. Their chat ended abruptly. Don't call me. That man, don't call me. I don't want to talk. She didn't want to talk. Hernandez called back on Sunday afternoon. No answer. No answer when she called later. By 7.30, she was calling every 15 minutes. 8, 8.15, every 10 minutes. She finally got a hold of a woman who ran errands for Loman. Please, go over there, she said. And she asked her husband, Jose, to call the San Francisco Police Department. San Francisco Police Dispatcher 226. Oh, hi. I'm trying to see if I can have somebody go check on, on, on my She's a senior. Some of this call is redacted. Jose Hernandez told the dispatcher Loman had not picked up her phone. All right, we'll get an officer out there as soon as possible, and then you can give us a call. That Sunday, there were still more medical calls than usual. Climate change isn't causing every heat spike, but scientists say it is pushing temperatures up at night, making it harder for people who are older or who have health problems to recover from hot days. That sneaky kind of a heat wave is becoming more common in California, says UCLA climatologist Daniel Swain. Not only is there a detectable increase in the frequency and intensity of heat waves, but in many cases, the magnitude and frequency of heat waves that we're observing today would have been vanishingly unlikely in a climate without human influence. On September 3rd last year, Hernandez listened over the phone as Lohman's helper found her. She was unconscious. That's 910 2319 14 and it looks like you have uh, 408 and fire here. Paramedics arrived to help. CPR is in progress. Colleen Lohman died that night on 14th Avenue, where she spent her whole life. She was vulnerable in the house her parents built without air conditioning. She was at risk because her aging body couldn't acclimatize to intense, fast-arriving heat. And she was isolated. But dangerous overheating isn't something that happens only to elderly people. Well, actually, everybody is at risk. 
Rupa Basu leads health research related to air and climate change for the California EPA. She says the Bay Area is particularly vulnerable to heat illness because people don't expect the temperatures here will be risky. It's actually been shown that people living in colder climates, uh, such as San Francisco, don't need to have as high of a, a temperature to have heat effects. So that's actually a really big finding because you don't even need a heat wave to see these health impacts. Over a year after Colleen Lohman's death, her goddaughter is haunted by her last words. She just said, this heat is killing me. I can't talk right now. I don't want to talk. And she just, we just hanged up. And that was it. Last fall, Claudia Hernandez got pregnant. Her new daughter's middle name is Coco, the nickname she had for Colleen. Even from far away, she says San Francisco's heat wave taught her she'll never let anyone she loves suffer in heat again. I'm Molly Peterson, KQED News. The Bay is a production of KQED Public Radio in San Francisco. Our podcast team this week includes Devin Kadiyama and Peter Arcuni. Julie Kane is in charge of podcasts here. KQED's news leadership team includes Vinnie Tong, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. That's it for The Bay. I'm Erica Aguilar. See you next week. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.